Strangers on a Train, which I mean, I teach a class at Center for Fiction. And I, it's one of the books I always, you know, recommend that they read if they want to write crime fiction just for the economy of the way the story's told and talk about psychological defense, talk about unreliable narrator, talk about like the danger coming from within your own mind. That's it right there. You know, it's all about guilt and fear taken to the hundredth power. <laughs> so, yeah. From Bookworms in the Wild and from Anchor, I'm Howard Alterescu, and this is my podcast where I ask people I find interesting to tell me what they're reading. Before I welcome my guest today, let me briefly mention one of the books I've recently read and highly recommend. On an earlier podcast, I mentioned A Paragon by Colm McCann, which was given to me by a Woodstock friend, Jim Nelson. I was at the Woodstock Library Book Fair a few weeks ago and bought Transatlantic, also by Colm McCann. Transatlantic is a bit of a hybrid novel. It's a story of four generations of independent women descended from a poor Irish family and who are linked over 150 years with the British aviation pioneers who completed the first transatlantic flight on a dramatic journey to Ireland in 1919. And with former slave Frederick Douglass, who in 1845 traveled across the Atlantic by ship to raise money in Ireland for the abolitionist movement, and also with former United States Senator George Mitchell, who flew back and forth to Ireland on a weekly basis as he brokered the Good Friday Agreement in 1998. All arduous, exciting, and meaningful journeys to the Emerald Isle. A really beautiful story. And now for my guest today. James Conrad of the Golden Notebook in Woodstock leads a monthly book club And not so long ago, he recommended that the book club read two mystery novels. My reaction was that these are not my kind of books. I don't usually read books like these. I read history, I read biographies and memoirs. I read big, long, serious novels and great short stories. I love historical fiction. I can't remember if I had ever previously read mysteries, much less murder mysteries. But... James's recommendations the last few years have been almost flawless, and he did it again. Both of the books he recommended are compelling page-turners, and the authors are my guests today. Alison Galen is a best-selling mystery writer who has been nominated for the Edgar Award four times and has won the award in the category of Best Paperback Original for her book, If I Die Tonight. And New York Times bestseller, Wendy Corsi Staub is the award-winning author of more than 90 novels, best known for her psychological suspense novels. Allison and Wendy are in Minneapolis today at, where else, the BoucherCon World Mystery Convention. Welcome, Allison and Wendy. So glad we could get together. Thank you so much. Thanks, Howard. Well, this is fun. Firstly, what is the BoucherCon World Mystery Convention? Well, it is a, this is Allison, um, 
it's a conference uh, that probably the biggest mystery reader conference uh, that there is, named after Anthony Boucher, who was a big mystery fan. They take place every year in a different part of the country, and uh, they feature some of the best-selling uh, mystery writers there are. And it's a great chance for us to go not to just connect with our fellow authors and have fun with them, but also to meet readers. Uh, we have such an isolated life as authors and mystery writers, and it's nice to meet people who have read and appreciate your work. I get the impression that the mystery genre is one in which there's a greater connection between authors and readers than in other genres. Is that accurate? Um, this is Wendy with a little bit of, of laryngitis from meeting so many readers and colleagues. Sorry. I think that personally, I mean, I don't know about other genres specifically, but I will say that the mystery community is especially welcoming. Um, the first time I ever came to one of these conventions, I felt like these are my people, not just the authors, but the fans. And we like to get to know our readers, and this is a great place to do it. And I don't know that any other genre has a conference that is quite so reader connected to author friendly. And I love the way you called readers your fans. And uh, I, I, that's probably true for authors and other genres. But as I've read more about mystery writing, it seems as if there is a, a dedicated following. Yeah, definitely. When the novels we read uh, for the book club, uh, the novel by Allison uh, is called The Collective, No Killer Goes Unpunished. And I get chills when I just think of the name of the book, Devastating Ending, and as I've said before, an absolute dagger through my heart. I really loved it. Huh. And uh, Wendy's novel that we read is called The Other Family, a gripping, haunting homicide mystery set in Brooklyn. And uh, one of my sons was living in Brooklyn at the time I read it, and it sounded like you were talking about his brownstone in his neighborhood, so it was especially mm. chilling. And also a great ending, and I loved it as well. And so, to my, you. to my, you're welcome. And to my surprise, it turns out that these may be my kind of books. I really didn't know. <laughs> yeah, try another. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will. So both books had really great endings, um, and I'm not looking for spoilers. But can you each give a succinct description of your novel, and without giving anything away, I'm especially interested in how you would characterize the endings of your novel. Wendy, why don't you go first? All right, so I would categorize the ending as a twist ending for sure. Um, I set out to blindside the reader with something they didn't see coming, and I hope that I've achieved that. It's about a family that moves into a Brooklyn brownstone that was the scene of a triple homicide 25 years ago, and the killer went um, unpunished, unidentified, and now um, the daughter in the family is convinced that someone is watching the house, that there's a watcher, and nobody quite believes her. And um, I would say that, yeah, the only person who's completely reliable in this book is the family dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, as dogs tend to be. Everyone's got a secret. Yeah. Allison? So The Collective uh, is a book about a grieving mother whose daughter, 15-year-old daughter, five years ago, uh, was raped at a fraternity party, left for dead, and the boy that she holds responsible, that is responsible, uh, got off uh, completely without any type of punishment, largely because he was kind of, that he was privileged and his family was wealthy enough to hire good lawyers, and he's gone on to live his best life, and, and she has not. She is a shell of who she was. She's filled with rage. Uh, it, her marriage has ended. Her career is not what it used to be. She's 
basically um, living for revenge. And she finds a way to get it when she meets other like-minded mothers online whose the killers of their children have gone unpunished. Uh, she finds her way to a special group of these women on the dark web known as the collective um, who may or may not be taking matters into their own hands. Um, and as far as the ending goes, like Wendy's, it's a twist ending. To me, it, it's the logical conclusion of where this type of thinking will lead. So that's all I can say, <laughs> really. <laughs> both, both are chilling. Um, so the... It's, there's a mystery genre, but is this crime fiction? Are these psychological thrillers? How, how would you characterize these? Well, they're definitely crime fiction. I mean, crime fiction is fiction with a crime in it. And so there's like, it's all very broad. I mean, uh, my books have been called psychological thrillers. They've been called noir. They've been called suspense, domestic suspense. You can come up with any name for it that you want. But I think crime fiction is probably the most accurate because you're forming a, you know, a story, a novel around a, a crime. I think. Yeah. What do you think? I, I absolutely agree. I think the crime fiction, uh, you know, I, I started out writing what I thought was domestic psychological suspense years ago, and I didn't even know that was a thing until recently. And I feel like domestic is, I, I don't know, like if domestic isn't about just people who have a family or who live in a house, mm-hmm. um, I would just say the broader category is most that I know in this, in this arena that we're talking about. So domestic psychological suspense, who, who else writes in that? genre or subgenre? Well, I, I mean, I guess the earlier, well, some of the earlier ones would be Mary Higgins Clark, right. um, Kathleen Flynn, Kelly and Flynn, who wrote yeah. uh, Gone Girl. Lisa Jewell is a big, I would say, uh, domestic psychological. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot. There are, I mean, there are so many. I'm just trying to pull some out of my head that I've read recently. So, yeah. So when, I, when I've talked to some friends about these two books, a couple mentioned that they are devotees of uh, the Jack Reacher series by Lee Child. Do you, do you know these books? Yeah, but I don't think they're domestic. No, I think that those are more thriller. Yeah. <laughs> they're very good. Yeah, they're, they're not domestic psych- psychological thrillers. It sounds like the, those are, are crime fiction or crime thrillers. Would that be right? Well, they're, they're thrillers. So, okay, so like I've heard it explained that, you know, in a book like the Reacher series, in a straight-up thriller, the killer is coming from outside, outside the, the country maybe, or outside of... And, and then domestic suspense, the killer is coming from inside the house. And then psychological suspense, the killer or the uncertain aspect is coming from inside the mind, you know. So it's, it's just getting closer and closer and closer to, you know, to who you are. And it's just a little different that way. I mean, I think the Reacher books tend to concern themselves with like big international kind of crime. You know, um, in a, if you can write a domestic thriller where the stakes are equally as high because let's face it, our families are our world, mm-hmm. you know? So um, so that's just a different type of a thriller where, where the menace is coming from sort of inside the family, inside the house. Right, and I think that um, to expand on that, I would say that the most frightening thing um, to many of us, I mean, we can relate to a character who's doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing on any given day in their safe space. I mean, they might not be a super spy or a you know, a, a detective, um, if you're doing what you should be doing and suddenly your life is in peril or somebody who you love is, is endangered, that's really frightening. I think that would define domestic suspense. Yeah, I'd also like to point out that, you know, I think um, if anybody views domestic suspense as a female thing, it's not. Yeah, I mean, no. some, of the biggest, some of the writers of domestic suspense who are male would be Harlan Coben, yeah. Linwood Barclay. Yeah. Um, there, there are a lot of uh, men out there writing this type of yes. um, Jeff Abbott's written a few of mm-hmm. 
So there, there are a lot of men writing domestic defense as well. So I love the distinctions you've made, especially when you take it to the extreme of your own head. Yeah. The perpetrator mm-hmm. is inside the house, inside your head, uh, mm-hmm. as opposed either. to... Yeah, either. So that, that's fascinating. That's wonderful distinctions. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, we talked about your readers, uh, and maybe you know this, maybe you don't. Do, do you find that you'll read the fans who read your books have a broad reading agenda, or, or are they distinctly focused on your books and domestic, other domestic psychological thrillers. Do you have any idea? It's hard to tell because obviously we don't meet all of our readers at a conference like this. Sure. Um, this is a crime fiction conference that we're at right now, so everybody focus on that. But I've had, it's funny, I'll have people come up to me and just say, uh, I usually read only books by men in this genre, or I usually only read romance. But I, I found out that I like this. So I think, you know, I, usually people who enjoy reading will read just about anything if they're a true reader. Um, so I wouldn't categorize it as they only read mystery. Right. As, as I found out by myself, I read very broadly. And now <laughs> I haven't mm-hmm. yet read more, but, but I will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Who are the mystery writers, writers that you read? Or, or do you read mystery writers? Do you, do you read mystery in the mystery genre? Oh, do you and do you oh, yeah. do you venture further afield? Well, yeah. I mean, we there are a lot of um, there are a lot of great mystery writers out there. Probably too many to mention. I, we actually just saw one who is from our area, Carol yeah. Goodman. She's a wonderful writer of, of domestic suspense. I would say, um, you know, really, she's also a professor at at New Paltz. She's a wonderful writer. But yeah, there. I mean. We read, I mean, I've read everybody from, you know, James M. Cain and Patricia Highsmith, you know, to Laura Littman, right. Wendy Corsi Sass, Alan Taylor, Kelly Garrett. Yeah. There's, there's just yeah. tons of great writers. Wanda Morris right. is a new writer. Oh, Wanda Morris is up and coming and she's terrific. Yeah, she, she's wonderful. Yeah. It's, it's, we could, list, we could yeah, just go on forever right. naming these these writers that really we read, I don't understand how you can really write mystery and not love the, love reading it as well, you know, or, or psychological, whatever you want to call whatever it. Want to call. Yeah, but um, yeah, so, and we read both. And I also like to read history and literary fiction and, you know, nonfiction. We, I like yeah. to read everything. I love true crime and yeah. I love historical nonfiction. You know, I, just, I, I think truly... Yeah, read just about anything. A reader is a reader. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, I think it was Patricia Highsmith. That's the uh, Ripley mm-hmm. series, right? Yeah, it does the Ripley series and also Strangers on a Train, which, I mean, I teach a class at Center for Fiction. I, it's one of the books I always, you know, recommend that they read if they want to write crime fiction just for the economy of the way the story's told and talk about psychological suspense, talk about unreliable narrator, talk about like the danger coming from within your own mind. That's it right there. You know, it's all about guilt and fear taken to the hundredth power. <laughs> so, yeah. I've got goosebumps. I, I read the talented Mr. Ripley, I think it was about a year ago. I think it was with a New York Times book club, an online book club. Oh. And I can't, oh, there was a gentleman who spoke, who um, knew her, I'm going to say as a scholar, if I remember correctly. The two of you seem to be very delightful. She does not seem to have been very delightful. No. Yeah, I know everything you hear about her as a person, like, but I guess she could get away with it because she was such a good writer. But yeah, <laughs> I don't no, know. She has 
snails as pets, which is just really weird to me. Fascinating. She was like caught on an, in an airport because she had like an entire bag full of snails oh my God. that were her pets that she was taking with her. And she's also written these really interesting short stories involving snails. She was kind of obsessed with snails. Yeah. <laughs> So there you go. There you go. A little bit of Patricia Highsmith. Well, that's great. Trivia for you. (laughs) Well, so that's what I wanted to cover. And, and that's, this has been terrific. I especially having read your books, I loved your, the way you uh, summarize them. I love the way you characterized uh, the endings. I especially love the way you distinguished uh, very, the, the way in which mysteries or the inside your head versus the other extreme and international threat. Um, right. And the, the inside the house, um, which includes your head, uh, is the one that really provides chills. And, you know, that, mm-hmm, that's what mm-hmm. the two of you are doing. Absolutely. Oh, well, well, thank you, um, Howard. These questions have been really interesting and, and thought-provoking. Well, thank you. So enjoy your time at the convention. Now, if I remember correctly, Allison, was your book, uh, was the collective nominated for an award there? Yes, it's nominated for an Anthony for Best Novel. Um, and I guess they're going to have the ceremony tonight. So, yes. um, so um, you know, it would be nice. I, I don't expect it to win, but it's very, I really have to say, like, it, it sounds like the cliche, but it really is an honor, honor to have been nominated. Yes, and it's so well-deserved. I love the collection. <laughs> <So> <laughs> and she fooled me, I have to say. Oh, God. Ending, I didn't realize there was a twist ending in that book as I was reading total blindside same oh. with Wendy's I think, yeah, actually. Well, b- both of them <laughs> both of them well thank you both very much and I look thank forward you. to seeing you again soon I thank you so. so much Howard thank you this has been great it's been fun thank you bye 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 more information about our guests today can be found on our website www.bookwormsinthewild.com which also includes links to the books and other resources we referred to in our discussion Thanks especially to my podcast team. Dave created the podcast with me and is my producer. Ron is responsible for art direction and design for the podcast, our website, and my bookmark. Melanie provides overall creative direction. Ben and Eden and Catherine provide additional inspiration and support. And, of course, Carol is my muse. Three-and-a-half-year-old Jake, who lived with us all summer and just returned to Brooklyn, continues to encourage the podcast, as does Jake's sweet, sweet baby cousin Francesca, now one and a half, and another great source of inspiration for us all. Thanks to James Conrad of the Golden Notebook Bookstore in Woodstock for introducing me to Allison and Wendy. And thanks to the great Anchor team for making it free and easy to create the podcast. Thanks as well to A.J. Falari, who is working on the editing with me. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe. And in any event, let me have your comments, either directly on the podcast or at bookwormsinthewild at gmail.com. Looking forward to seeing you on the podcast next time.